0: The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Laetheer Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network.
1: welcome to culture insanity episode number eight numero eight first of the new year 2018 excited to get back into it um, yeah so some of some of the listeners were asking for some disclaimers I guess on what we're gonna be talking about um, and we'll work on getting that in like the the bio or whatever as well when we upload but um, just so you know right now, some of our topics for the day are: we got the Mark Wahlberg, Michelle Williams um, equal pay uh, for for you know men and women uh, controversy that's going on. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about The Shape of Water that movie just came out, getting a lot of Oscar buzz, sort of leading the charge in that race. So uh, I guess a spoiler alert there if you haven't seen that. But so that we're gonna talk about. Another controversy with the Aziz Ansari, um, sort of, how do you want to, how do you want to put that? Saga. Saga. The <laughs> Aziz Ansari saga, I guess, unfortunately. Um, I touch on some, some of the office, uh, there's just a, a conversation going on with satire and, uh, what's funny anymore, given just, you know, different climates that we're in. And... Yeah, maybe one other thing. I don't know if we'll get to it, but yeah. So that's just some basic stuff we're going to be talking about today. So if you're not interested, then I guess you could tune out now. If you're worried about spoilers, mute the mute the volume when we're going over those things, or wait till you see it, or whatever you want to do. So yeah, that's what we're going on for today's docket. A few different topics. So I guess without further ado, let's jump into it. Uh, All right. Yeah. So first up, we got the Mark Wahlberg versus <laughs> verse Michelle Williams. They're not they're not right. against each other, but that's right. how I put it. Well, that's uh, how it's like kind of painted. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. So, quick recap <clears throat> for those of you that didn't know. So there's this movie, All the Money in the World, when Kevin Spacey's you know. Um, indiscretions started coming out this movie had to like rehire their main actor and all these reshoots and yada 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 is this huge deal and sort of unprecedented move um for you know filmmaker to be doing something like that given the whole thing that was surrounding it but in that just recently within the last couple weeks we found out that so mark Wahlberg came back and was paid whatever it was a million or 1.5 million dollars for um reshooting those scenes uh and then we find out that michelle williams when she comes back she was only given you know pennies to the dollar basically like
0: thousand eight, dollars a day or yeah a
1: thousand dollars a day eight thousand dollar total or something like that so there is this conversation about this huge disparity um an equal pay of men and women and and so on and so forth and i sort of feel like um yeah there's this narrative of equal pay is sort of misguided on on this particular instance. So um so Mark Wahlberg in his contract before any of this stuff even started coming out, you know, the Kevin space any of this sexual harassment um revolution, I guess, started happening these these people have contracts, right? So Mark Wahlberg had it in his contracts. Hey, if we have to come back and do reshoots for whatever reason, obviously he right. would not know that this would this would happen. Right. Then they have then you know here's my contract that says this is what I'm to be paid um, every day or whatever for the having to do these reshoots. So this was a prearranged agreement that was worked out between his agency and his agency with the producers of the film and so on and so forth. So. All good, right? Right. This is, that's just the business. That's just Mark Wahlberg being business savvy, knowing yep. his worth, knowing right. his right. pull, etc., right. etc. Et uh, the kicker, I guess, is that Michelle Williams is represented by the same agency, apparently, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so now there's this um, whatever hoopla around it, like, and Mark Wahlberg is being painted as a bad guy. Because you know he was paid this much versus the woman that was paid this much, but I think it's an unfair um, indictment on Mark Wahlberg, I guess. So good word. Yeah, like Mark. Thanks, Mark Wahlberg. Like this isn't this isn't on him, right? So Mark Wahlberg was a business savvy guy, you know. He had it in his contract, whatever. Like I said, he had no idea that any of this stuff would happen, but he's being now. What's up? Uh we're redlining in the in the volume if you want to just turn it's it ma- it's maybe me obviously I'm the one talking. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he's being painted as a bad guy because he was demanding still. Now
0: now it's too now it's a little too quiet.
1: Just the boom the your voice. All right, I'll back off a little bit. <laughs> so he's being <laughs> Let me try and regain my chain of thought. He's being painted as a bad guy because you know, like a money-grabbing bad guy because, you know, there was an attitude apparently amongst the cast and crew uh, of, you know, they loved the project so much they want to come back and do it and they'll do it for whatever, you know, whatever, whatever money or free or whatever. But Mark Wahlberg was throwing down, allegedly, was throwing down saying, well, this is the agreement we had, you know, this is my contract, so you need to honor it. And who knows, Mark Wahlberg might have been involved in other projects, yada, yada. I don't want to get into the gossip of it too much, but are we good?
0: Yeah, so let's turn down the gain and turn up the headphone knob. Do you see there's a knob that says headphones? Sorry, guys. This is all technical stuff.
1: Test. 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 Sound good? Look good? It looks good. Okay. Where was I? Mark Wahlberg looks
0: like a bad guy because he was enforcing his contract. Mm-hmm. Which happened to pay him more than
1: I will ever see in my life. Right, and admittedly, <laughs> and admittedly, one one point five million dollars to Mark Wahlberg is pennies, probably, compared to like what that guy makes a year. Actually, mm-hmm. I think recently he was like listed as like Forbes one of highest one of Forbes highest paid actors. Well, and then Something he's like.
0: got his Wahlberg business too. You should turn he's, mine mine down too. He's man, this thing's all wonky.
1: I don't know. Yours is pretty down. Is it? Yeah, I mean, you can go more. Hello. Sounds good still. I don't know. Weird. Yeah, he's got a whole empire, right? Like, he's got a brand, a Marky Mark brand. Right. (laughs) Right, and none of it's built on him being Marky Mark either. Yeah, which is funny. But but I don't like it because it feels like this aggressive agenda – and i and and not not just the equal pay thing but it has to do with anything re- regarding women in general it just feels like this really aggressive and unfair thing being put up in certain circumstances like this i believe is a, a circumstance where it, it doesn't belong there cuz you know there was it's a contract and she had a contract he had a contract this person had a contract um and you know what they were paid is negotiated with their people but i'm losing my train of thought because of this technical difficulty stuff dude I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry and and a really strange
0: one i don't know who posted it but somebody just posted was it you that posted that the net worth was 225 million in 2017 no cuz you didn't post it and i didn't post it but somebody just posted it with our brand saying that that was his net worth
1: hmm. on facebook yeah anyway we get excited we get excited when there's people listening or watching. <laughs> Even something stupid, but um
0: So so if I understand what you're saying, you're saying that you feel like it's unfair that his good name is being is being swept up into this. It's a socially moral issue when in reality it's just a contract and that isn't really fair to him.
1: Yeah, I don't like that he's being pressured into it, and now his reputation is tarnished because of a, a pre-arranged thing that he had before any of this conversation started happening. Um, a prearranged contract he had, and now he's being pressured and his reputation tarnished because of that. So Mark Wahlberg doesn't have a say in what Michelle Williams makes. That's between her and her people. Uh, and... I mean, I don't know if there's like a uh, doctor patient confidentiality situations because right, right. like, remember I said that allegedly they're represented by the same people, right, right. but I, I don't know like what the ins and outs of that are like, Oh, Mark Wahlberg makes this much. Like, I don't know how much they're allowed to cross talk or whatever with yeah. their people,
0: but I mean, it's, it's such a, it's such a, a weird thing, right? Because like, Let's take, let's take, like, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Like, I'm pretty sure that Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg don't make the same thing. Right. But they draw... That's... Yeah, because they draw... They have different strengths as actors and so on Yeah, and, so and sure. that's
1: another thing that I wanted to bring up, too, and maybe that's a little more inflammatory. But at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, like, who draws more money into a film... Mark Wahlberg and his brand and his name and his skills, you know, and mm-hmm. whatever his uh, his body, bravado, his no. body, <laughs> his presence, his V as or Beth would say or Michelle Williams. And don't like I I like her as an actress, you know. Dawson's Creek. Are you sure? Because what I'm hearing you say is, who draws more,
0: Mark Wahlberg or that woman? I'm, no. I'm kidding. That's no. not what you're saying. No, I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> I know you're not saying that. It was a joke. Yeah. But that's, that's the conversation that people are trying to have.
1: Yeah. But from a purely business standpoint, like, even if you want to get into that, like, does Mark Wahlberg deserve more money because he'll make them more money from yes. a purely business yeah. standpoint? Like, and it has nothing to do with, you know his skills versus her skills or who's a better actor like that's subjective but it's a business like who's gonna and who's gonna make them more business who's gonna put more seats in a theater you know like i do think
0: it i think it does have to do with with their skills and i think that that's fine mm. like it should have to do with their skills there's nothing wrong with that now Whether people like their skill craft is is another thing. but And subjective, yeah. Really what you're... And and the way you measure that, of course, is by putting people into seats. But, yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, Michelle Williams is not the draw that Mark Wahlberg is, regardless of gender.
1: Yeah. And they're just different artists. Like, (sighs) Michelle Williams, like, she's a good actress. And there's plenty of actors and actresses that are as good as Michelle Williams. But... they're more niche in a way and like they're more they do more indie indie films great films you know like not saying they're not not saying their performances aren't but they just market themselves differently right and so that market has that kind of pay to it and I'm sure they know that you know like how many good actors do you know that like their whole career is like an indie career and you know you may feel like they never got the justice they deserve because they're so good but that's like where they wanted their career to be or whatever. And so, right. Mark Wahlberg has just branded himself and and navigated that business in a way that now makes him what's the figure? <laughs> 200 and something million dollars a year. And versus 25 million. $8,000 a day or whatever, you know, $1,000 a day. $1,000 a day. So, like I don't know. I just don't I don't like the the agenda being peer pressuring people and then i don't know if i said this but he ended up like donating that all of it to that cause to the time's up or me too i think it was time's up honestly i lose track of what's what they're all sort of gunning for the same thing
0: yeah, well, Me Too is like the hashtag movement that started it, and then well, Time's Up is what the is what some of the ladies who are involved in it. Uh, it's a legal defense fund or something.
1: Oh, I I understood it as like Me Too is li- like specific to sexual harassment, but Time's Up is general in women having a voice now, and so it's there's uh, overlap.
0: Maybe, but the but Time's Up is associated with like a legal defense fund.
1: Oh, really. Yeah. Yeah. So he ended up donating all of it and like he shouldn't have had to do that, but because his name was now being dragged through the mud, like maybe he felt like that was that was his only way out in order to like regain some of that, but not that he needed it, let's face it. I think Mark Wahlberg still would have done fine for himself <laughs> regardless. Right. But um yeah, I don't know if this is indicative of a greater cause for concern or whatever just what does it say about the state of man or social pressures sociological pressures right
0: well i think it i think it is indicative of something that is you know concerning and i mean not to just barrel into the aziz Ansari sorry thing but <laughs> but um yeah, I think it is indicative of something that's concerning. Uh, Liam Neeson, I think said that the oh, yeah. uh, that the uh Me Too hashtag is like something that's necessary and it's great, but it's also kind of a witch hunt.
1: Oh, he said that? Uh-huh. Hm.
0: Yeah. And and I think that there's there is some truth to it um when we look at the French. The French were like saying that
1: uh, oh yeah, like a hundred different
0: French artists or something, and I think Catherine Deneuve was one of was one of them. But they were they were saying that the inability of, of course, as the French, they're saying this, yes, uh, like, the like touting their Frenchness, yes. But they they were saying that the inability of a man to make a pass at a woman, um, and have it be just you know out of his pure guttural instinct his visceral like animal instinct removes the possibility for like romance
1: yeah and And, killing romance and even as the French and I was listening to some podcasts in the last couple weeks and different people involved in that industry like it's sort of it's people like are in a paranoia now like Uh especially in the workplace like example I was listening to this comedian's podcast and he's working on the Goldbergs yeah uh this is a show he's on I love that show, and n- never seen it actually I've seen a website but anyways, uh, he was saying how one of the crew members he was talking to and asking about their day and like one of the crew members and apparently this crew member is like a super polite super nice guy like former like a vet you know Mm -hmm. you know just a good guy and he like i don't know what he does but he was saying he's having a great day he gets to work with these beautiful women and he like cut himself off like mid whatever and like apologized to them because like who knows how that gets used against him in the workplace right. now. Like you can't just flippantly say that or, you know, like maybe it would have been perceived as a cat call in a sort of way, you know, right. and it's just like this, there's paranoia now because of admittedly people that, you know, excuse me, are guilty of, you know, those harsh and major indiscretions and sexual abuses and assaults and et cetera. But now there's this paranoia because, Every woman, you know, wants to get on that train and, you know, have their voice be extra heard. And Well,
0: SNL was doing that that skit we were just looking up um, where it was James Franco and Keenan. And Keenan was playing uh, like a – he was playing a security guard. And I think he was a security guard. And James Franco – I thought there were two just like businessmen. I don't think so. I think oh. he was a security guard. Okay. But James Franco was playing, like, one of the bosses or whatever, and Keenan was talking about his character. I mean, James Franco, like, says something that's pretty benign, but, like, (laughs) you know, and and so they're like, you got to fire him and all this sort of stuff. But Kian's character is, like, talking about how he wants to, like, mm. take these women home and spank them and, <laughs> you know, and whatever. And he's, like, got a big smile on his face. And, and they're like, oh, you're just, you're, you know, we don't, we know you don't mean us any harm. And I think that, so I, I, do, I, I mean, that's there because it's social commentary, right? It's satirical. And I do wonder if there is a an element of culture involved in that, you know, because... When you ask people to picture who is the offender, it's a white male.
1: Yeah. So, like, what? There's this. You were oppressed, and I was oppressed, and even though you're saying those things, we can both relate because we yeah. come from a, a an oppressed background or whatever. Maybe. Is that Maybe. is that what it was trying to like suggest? Like no,
0: no, no, no. I think it was because just... they were
1: dismissing Kenan's comments.
0: Right. I don't think they were dismissing him because he knows what oppression is. I think they were dismissing him because for some reason it's not seen as aggressive. It's just seen as funny. So and why? It, that's exactly the question. Why is that funny coming from another um, like racial profile? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, but I'm with SNL in admitting that it's more funny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that's a good segue into the office. Yeah. Did I mention I don't know how much we're gonna cover for that. But yeah, just briefly I guess. Uh The Office there's been some articles posted in the last couple days like, is the office funny? Like does it hold up or whatever? Or is it or is it not because now it's too real and so there's a question of like when when is satire not not cool anymore when when uh like society's sense of humor changes or when something becomes right. too real you know like should we be laughing at michael scott should we be laughing at the office just because they're uh pointing out the issue you know and are are we being jim halpert because you know jim halpert was the guy that stood on the sidelines you know mm-hmm. like yeah they were pu- they were painting Jim as being a bad guy because
0: he he never uh, like didn't stand up for the things that were going on in the office yeah and the things that were going on was you know Michael sexually harassing everybody and being
1: so socially clueless or not caring right both maybe
0: (laughs) or yeah or socially confused making inappropriate jokes like there's all sorts of stuff yeah and I think you know the question is is the question is is that something that is funny like there, there you know the article is willing to say yeah it was funny then because socially speaking like i don't know it was we were still looking the other way Hmm. or whatever but now is it really funny and i'm gonna go ahead and step out on a limb and say yes the office is great it still is funny (laughs) some of the best replay value in a show yeah maybe absolutely (laughs) yeah of course it's funny but see here's the thing you have to ask yourself about your understanding of truth right mm-hmm. if you understand if you understand truth as universal and something that stands the test of time then you're going to also understand humor as universal mm. because humor is anything that sort of steps away ...from the truth in order to show its disparity from the truth. In other words, when we watch Michael do something stupid and we laugh at it, it's not because we're going along with Michael thinking that he's... It's
1: okay or whatever. Yeah, that it's
0: okay. We understand he's being dumb. Yeah. like, And that's, that's what it is. We understand he's being dumb. We understand it's disparaging from the truth. But if every generation you set the bar of the truth uh, to a different place, then... Yeah, you're going to be more easily offended by what's there because, you know, it, it, what's true is different it, now than what it was, and therefore he's either not far enough. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like when somebody yeah. says that hits too do you close think to it's, home.
1: Do you? Th- yeah, it's <coughs> too close to home me? for whatever social justice you're trying to seek. Right. right. Yeah. Right. It just from it's just to me like a maturity issue, right? So like mm-hmm. not being able to compartmentalize, mm-hmm. good. Like you know, a song can be bad, and the lyrics can you know be saying something that I fundamentally disagree with. But it can also be catchy, and the composition of the music can be good and mm-hmm. um, you know like well done. And or a movie can be um, bad because of the message, but the music and the act, the performances and the sets and like. There's good like other good stuff in it but like it's a maturity thing like you're just you're being so caught up in your social justice campaign that right you you're just offended by it and now it's not okay and
0: right i mean and yeah i really do think it it goes down to truth at the end of the day if somebody gets offended but they snicker when they're in secret you know, when they're, like, like by themselves or whatever. Yeah. Or they say, well, that's funny as long as certain people don't see it. You know, you have to be able to say, like, that's funny regardless, you know? Yeah. Like, you can say people aren't going to get it, but you still understand it's funny. I am reminded of South Park <sighs> and the song. Ah, I wish I had a South Park clip now. Kyle's mom's a bitch. Ooh. Yep. Right? hmm That song, I mean, yeah, it's completely irreverent. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. It is funny. It's funny, you know? It, it, because it's so... It's such a disparity from what we know is okay. And, and this is... Like, and even in the song, as he's, like, going off and he... He does the song and then he changes it so that, you know, so that it's in other languages. So that just so the point is is made (laughs) known that, that she is this and everybody in the world understands it. And then she walks up behind him, you know, and it's like, that's the joke. The joke (laughs) is that, you know, he's being way over the top and then she catches him. I mean, this is not a, this is not a, a new thing. This is a trope in comedy. You know, somebody says something that's inappropriate. They get caught in that. And, you know, the consequences ensue. And I think... That's happened to me in real life.
1: <laughs> it was really uncomfortable. <clears throat> yeah.
0: What, what happened?
1: Actually, I was on the... I was the one someone was talking to. <clears throat> and... Excuse me. The person they were talking about came up. And I, like, tried to give him a look like, hey, you might want to back off a little bit. Right. But he kept going. And then it was really uncomfortable. And then those two had to settle their whatever. And then I got yelled at for not you know, looking out or whatever. Right. <laughs> that See,
0: I have the opposite things that happen. If, I, if I'm talking about somebody and they walk up and then I find out that they're behind me, then I'll involve them.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, right? And you, like, turn around
0: and <laughs> right. just, like, bring them in. That's right. Like, you would be in this way, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but you know what I mean? And, and now, like, the way that comedy is being viewed, it's like
1: it changes from time to time. And I wonder, like, there's a great... But hasn't SNL never changed? And, like, that's why SNL has been so great? How do they get away with it? SNL's always been irreverent. I mean, so their stance
0: is irreverency no matter what. Mm. So. So that's what
1: they're built on. So they're they're safe in that. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't
0: matter what the what the bar is, and I think a lot of comedians
1: are built on that. Certainly, stand up comedy is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Nothing is off limits in stand up comedy, even the darkest material. In fact, they have a word. We for talked that. about that in a, in a podcast. I want to say
0: there's a great. Yeah, we were talking about George Carlin. I think. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mel Brooks. Mel maybe? Brooks. Yeah. Mel Brooks. But there's a great um, docu series that talks oh, yeah. about the history of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um. And they were talking about blue Blue. words. A blue comic or blue words. Blue words. Yeah. Yeah. And basically what it was, was in the old days when it was vaudeville, and that was sort of the beginning of standup comedy um, that like had a modern mass appeal. When people would say something inappropriate, they would get show notes after the show and they would write down on blue comment cards, uh, things that you needed to change for the show.
1: Yeah. Like censorship.
0: Censorship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So ever since then, um they it's called blue material or blue words, things that need to change because they're not socially sensitive mm-hmm. it was it was like George Carlin and um, yeah, gosh, I can't remember I can't the name of that guy that they name. were
1: specifically talking about he like changed the 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 landscape of comedy right but basically because... they went completely
0: the opposite direction and they took <clears throat> blue notes as being the way to go, yeah, so then they became completely blue right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, that's what makes it funny. That's what makes The Office funny. We just know when you get when you get a when you when you get the title of a show that's you know going to be like um, uh, Diversity Day, mm-hmm. right? You just know that Michael... Oh, yeah.
1: He's going to say something racist. He's going to say something completely inappropriate. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, I think in that episode, he compared himself to MLK <laughs> and was trying to get Kelly, who's the only Indian character on the show, to speak uh, like a poo. Uh, <laughs> and he gets, like, slapped in the face. And, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, you just know that that's what's going to happen. Why? Not because that's what should happen,
1: but because it's a comedy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you think that do you think that material like that will be produced less and less or do you think that it'll it'll get to a point where people are fed up with that sort of that level of censorship? This is just is deja vu on that previous conversation we had, um, but like maybe it they back off for a while but then maybe they're like screw this, you know, like we're going completely blue. I I it depends on if the government get, gets involved. Hmm.
0: You know? I mean, there's regulation right now, but because there's, what is it, the FCC or whatever that regulates the airwaves? I'm sorry. I just can't help
1: but think that Donald Trump doesn't love the office. <laughs> I just can't. I can't not believe that. Right. Yeah, of course. At least for the next, whatever it is, two years,
0: three years. Um, yeah. I, I don't—I think that if you get the government involved— then you run the danger of a 1984 situation where you have, like, the thought police. And I don't know what that is. So, 1984, it's a dystopian future. Um, I think it's Ray Bradbury. Oh, it's a book? Yeah. But but it, it was written in 1948, I think. The concept sounds Ray Bradbury. Yeah. So it's weird. Don't quote me on it being Ray Bradbury, but I think it is. But anyway, it's a dystopian future where basically everything is controlled and you, you, you supposedly have all this freedom and peace and so on and so forth, but it's because nobody has any freedom to do anything. Mm. And they, everybody was like talked to through their TVs. Of course, this is before there was anything like flat screens and things like that. Weird. But yeah. Um, and they had these people who would come out and they were called the thought police and they would put you in jail for having an aberrant thought. Mm. Um, and I think, That reminds me
1: of that Divergent series.
0: Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And so I think think we run... Yep, Heidi says, yes, Ray Bradbury. I think that we run a risk of moving in that direction when we get authorities involved to legislate morality. And I think that we are constantly seeing pushes that way where people aren't really thinking through the consequences of it. And I think that we do have similar things in other countries... Um, so it's definitely, I mean, what do you have in like Nazi Germany, for instance? Like you look at the propaganda for Nazi Germany, it was like, you could only say certain things and,
1: or, or even like 1980s, um, just today I made a comment to my brother. He sent me a picture of it It as a soccer thing. And this German coach was super pumped up because his team did something. And I said, you better check that enthusiasm because we know where that leads to. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then somebody else says no it's
0: George Orwell and I remember you are right it is George Orwell. But somebody is posting as us, so I don't know, it's one of our people. I guess it's James. Oh. Anyway, uh but yeah Producer James. Producer James. So but the point being is you have seen it in other countries where other countries, you know, are essentially policing this now, the you know the joke or whatever the conspiracy theorists say. Well, yeah, they don't outright police it in America. Instead, they control it through the masses, hmm. or, or not the masses. They control it through television and drugs and things that are opiates for the masses. That's so messed up. So that we, so we don't fight back. That's so messed up. All we do is we lose our our distinct thought oh my process. Gosh. And just become parts of the machine. If you
1: weren't a conspiracy theorist before this
0: podcast,
1: <laughs> you might be now. Oh, and there's,
0: you know, there's real evidence, you know, for that. I mean, or paranoid, I should say. paranoidish. Yeah. yeah, there's some real evidence for the idea that that's how they're trying to control us. But in any case, I think we could go in that direction. Um, and I think that in that vein, comics are a little bit like, like rebel rousers. Hmm. You know, they they. Take the position of Jonathan Swift, um, who wrote Gulliver's Travels. You know, Gulliver's Travels was a children's book. But what it also was, was a staunch refusal to bow before the, uh, the English government. And it was one way that Jonathan Swift was able to call people to rebellion against the English government without them realizing yeah. that that's what he was doing. Better man And so in that way, uh, like these shows, like The Office, you know, their irreverency is necessary. And those people that are like, oh, it's no longer funny because it hits too close to home. Well, first of all, it hits too close to home because you keep moving where home is. And that's what's going to happen. That's a good point. And then secondly, it hits too close to home. It's supposed to hit close to home. (laughs) You're supposed to look at it and be like, that
1: is dumb. Yeah. It's supposed to like clearly paint those lines for you or whatever. You yeah. Know? But it's if not, you're afraid... It's, it's not seen as acceptable. We think it's funny because it's so unacceptable. <laughs> right. Like, that's why it's funny. Because this is character that doesn't realize that it's so right. Unacceptable. Yeah. Right.
0: And then, you know, in terms of just story writing, if Jim was to be the crusader for every single thing, like, then he wouldn't be the everyman anymore. Mm-hmm. Because that's not who people are. Mm. Like... Sometimes you recognize that something's dumb and you let it go, you know, for all of, for all the, for all the, the terribleness that Jim allowed to happen. Um, he also had grace, you know, and that's something that's like missed out. He also looked past where Michael was mechanically, um, operating in and went to the heart of who Michael was. And because of that, we get to see, uh, you know, a great stories of um relationship that are there like there's this episode where michael worries that he was not as good a boss as josh and so that's why jim left but then we see jim saying to michael like no actually you were a great boss i left because of pam Mm. spoilers for many years ago um and it's like there's a friendship that's developed there of course that turns into a big secret, and then Michael can't keep secrets and
1: you know I think that's a good <clears throat> segue into the Aziz thing what you were just talking about that last point you made so yeah, the aziz and sorry thing um it's been a po- it's it seems pretty polarizing, like men and women are on both sides of it right. you know of the of the conversation, but uh just I guess briefly and. I'm really aware that we're not a gossip column here, okay? <laughs> and right. I don't want to be, but the story supposedly is that Aziz Ansari had this <clears throat> experience with this woman however long ago. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, it was
0: like September of this of 2017.
1: Oh, so like r- maybe right before it this just, conversation just um, and this issues, but had an experience with this women, woman and an intimate a sexual experience with her and... They both went along with it. You know, she went along with it, I should say. And who knows the details? Obviously, we don't. But now she's coming out and saying that she was a victim of sexual assault by Aziz Ansari. And so now there's a conversation and it's polarizing because, like, was that actually true or is it, or do you regret your? Do you regret having that experience with the reason sorry? And so now you're calling it sexual assault and now you're claiming me too or whatever. And so yeah, this article put it put it like this. Um, I don't know, maybe it was from the Washington Post or something, but it says, It appears that her name was Grace. It appears that Grace Ironic. <laughs> uh, it appears that Grace wanted Ansari to treat her as a potential girlfriend to be courted over multiple dates rather than a pickup from a party engaging in a mutually acceptable transaction. Uh, when he did not rise to her expectations, she converted her understandable disappointment into a false me too. I thought that was a good way of putting that. but it's very clinical. Yeah, um, but like the question is like, Is Aziz Ansari just a victim of, like, failing in the mechanics of that sexual interaction, you know? And not—maybe not—I have to be careful that I don't, like, uh, you know, open a door or allow for room for, you know, violent sexual assault. But, like, is he just guilty of navigating that badly, poorly, you know? Like, not seeing specific signs, but also, like, she, like— When along with it, you know, rather than maybe taking a more firm stance and making those things known, but like, where is the where's just the dynamic nature of people that are just fumbling through their relationships trying to figure it out? And then, where when does grace come into play? And like, you know, like, so it's a complex, potentially a complex issue. I again, we don't know the details of that relationship and that event, but like, I think it's. It's just more complex than yeah. I don't think this it, or that.
0: I don't think the details are really being disputed by either. Yeah. That's well, yeah. The she, thing. What's
1: interesting is like yeah. She's she's not like I don't know. She's she came to this magazine, I, babe.net babe dot or something like yeah. that, and you know told her story and and name dropped him, but she didn't like say de- she didn't detail like that it was an aggressive move on his part or that she raped him or he raped her or this right, or that. Right. She just, she claims it like she perceived it as sexual assault. Cause maybe she, that's not the way she wanted it to go. Right. But that's the way it went. And so it's like, where's the conversation of just people trying to figure it out, you know? Yeah. Now, obviously we have like a stance on, being sexual in that way like outside well, of a marriage relationship and right. in definitely a marriage relationship in a marriage relationship it it's more protected than that you know right. obviously but,
0: but i mean i'll say i'll be vulnerable even in my own marriage yeah, relationship for sure. me too like you know i've been swatted a few times by
1: michela <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like yeah. like you like And you're not sexually assaulting Michelle. <laughs> right. You're just trying to figure it out. Right. You know? you know
0: you you want some and she doesn't and you're not paying attention to or the you, signs the same way.
1: Or you want to do something in this way but she doesn't. And right. you're just not on that wavelength yet.
0: Right. Well, and that's you know, you give each other you give each other time to figure that out with the assumption that the other person wants what's best for you. Yeah. What's difficult here is There's no assumption of that. Um, And that's, I mean, that's what you get when you enter into a sexual relationship with somebody without really having a knowledge of who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, It's what's protected by having a marriage relationship. Mm -hmm. But in this case, you know, those things aside, they didn't know each other. And... You know, it just
1: sounds like a consequence of having a, an intimate relationship in that way. Like you're not given the time. You're not. You're not invested in the person. You know. You don't have a history with the person. You don't know what the person really wants. You know. Maybe like he was saying, maybe she wanted to be courted, playing hard to get or whatever. You know. Yeah. Like. And so. Yeah, it's just. Well, and then for him, it it's does,
0: for him. It's got to be difficult as well, just from that standpoint of he's famous. He he can't trust the intentions of those who want to be with him on an intimate level. For all he knows, the last... Again, not saying that this is an... That for all he knows, this was going to
1: happen. Yeah, <laughs>
0: you know exactly. Well, for all he knows, the last X amount of girls have only wanted to be with him even though he wanted more than that or something. Who knows? I'm not saying that that's appropriate. Yeah. It just is what it is. The question, I think, is... <clears throat> How are we going to continue to interact as different genders? How are we going to continue to interact with each other if our standard for interaction is based upon non-corroborated feeling? You know, how are we supposed to act without fear?
1: Yeah, we. There has to be a level of goodwill. There actual consent a... cards. You sign your name here. <laughs> right. I sign my name here. We have a right. third party witness say, "Yep, they did that," and then. <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
0: There has to be a level of interaction where we do not assume the predatory nature of of the other person. And that's the danger, I think, that's present. I think that's what that French, you know, collaboration of artists was, was saying, something similar to that. I think, you know, I just feel like across the board, whether it be on a sexual level or not we just sort of assume a narrative we're assuming a narrative that's not true people like you said are dynamic they have to take time to figure out who they are sometimes they have to take time to figure out not just who they are but what something even means and if you do even that i mean i know that it's you know people say that men and women are exactly the same but if you look at how men process information versus how women process information, it's entirely different on a neurological level. Mm-hmm. So when a man sees that information and he sees something that he wants or something that he likes or something that he's excited by and and the woman processes it differently, that shouldn't be uh, a surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise. But here we're acting like it is. We're acting like it's, you know... It's surprising that the man just didn't automatically think that what she said was what she meant. Yeah.
1: And now the article, the headline that you on that article you pushed is is using sorry as guilty
0: right. of
1: not being a mind reader.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. And you know, like we're not talking about universal concepts, and that's a whole nother thing. Like rape, we're yeah. not talking about something right. like that. Right. 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 We're we're talking about not knowing that when a person says. I don't want to do this but I do want to
1: still be here and work toward it maybe on the second date. Yeah, or I I want this but maybe not in this way in this moment. Maybe not even that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's just the the details of like figuring that relationship out. And you any know, anybody like, who's ever, you know, dated somebody um
0: or or, like, even tried to figure out that process. I mean, how many of you out there have gotten into a relationship where you didn't know that you were getting into a relationship? Or been in a relationship that you thought you were in a relationship, but the other person didn't think you were in a relationship? Like, it's hard work mm-hmm. <laughs> to to process those things. Mm-hmm. And this culture we have of the hookup mm-hmm. makes that even more confusing. So this is not to say that, you know, it's... I mean, we're talking apples and oranges. You can't say that every fruit is the same because it's a fruit. You know? I mean it's just not true. Every fruit is not the same even though it's a fruit. Yeah. So, that's what I would say about that. I feel bad for Aziz and sorry, but it's interesting that he's becoming a topic of conversation. That's probably cuz he's pretty good with self-reflection in his comedy. Really? So, yeah, he's he's pretty good about self effacing or self-effacing. Yeah, where you put yourself down. Yeah. So he'll probably build a nice bit out of this.
1: That that his show, it's not like biographical, like uh, Pete Holmes show is or anything like that, is it? Masters uh, of None. I think that it's semi biographical really. Yeah. And like that movie that just came out with the Indian comic and his, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: That was a full bio- biographical yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: Camille Camille, yeah, Camille Non Johnny. Yeah, something like that. He's funny. It was a good movie. Yeah. It was a sweet movie. Big Sick. The Big Sick. The Big Sick. Sweet movie. Yep. Let's break from uh, some okay hideous. Let's do it. How's our uh, interaction going? Heidi's still, Heidi still on here? She's, uh, she's, yeah. a, she's a loyal. All right. So let's, uh, let's do some trivia. Okay. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. Josh really likes that uh, like that, laugh. that laugh. Sorry, I turned the mic down. But <clears throat> all right, so we got some trivia. We decided to go with just uh, I think it's just new TV shows. You know, new, new year TV for the new year. New TV for the new year. So uh, I guess I'll go first. Okay. So feel free to uh, participate, audience. You know, and scold us for not knowing answers. I get a lot of backlash for sucking at this game. <laughs> like both I my think... brother and brother-in-law say I suck. <laughs>
0: I don't think I've ever lost it.
1: I don't think so either. I'm uh, I'm
0: always thinking, this is the time. This is the one.
1: All right. So new TV is the topic. So, all right, here we go. This new drama follows the real-life events of David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. Wake up. Boom. Easy. (laughs) I'm excited for that show. It looks good. It's got uh, Taylor Kitsch or whatever as David Koresh.
0: Okay, Christopher Maloney of Law and Order SVU fame stars in this Grant Morrison comic book adaptation on sci-fi.
1: Oh man, I remember John being excited for this because it's something. It's DC. It's well, it's I'm not going to give (laughs) too (laughs) much. Um, Chris Maroney, so he's like the balding guy, right? Yeah, Stabler. Yeah.
0: Grant Morrison, Christopher Maloney of Law and Order SVU fame, stars in this Grant Morrison comic book adaptation on sci-fi. Comic book adaptation.
1: Oh man. I saw you posted it, but I can't remember what it was based off of. It's not like Constantine, is it? No. All right. What is no, it? No. Which is a great show, for the record. Oh, yeah, it's already a show. Why would I freaking say that? Yeah.
0: Um, It's called Happy. It's about, like, this, like, uh, rabbit um, character that he, like, creates in his mind.
1: Weird. Yeah. Who creates? Oh, Christopher Maloney, yeah. All right. One nothing. Okay. Starring Penelope Cruz as the sister and that guy from Glee as the killer, The show aired this weekend on FX.
0: American Horror Story?
1: No. Ugh. The Assassination of Gianni Versace. Oh, I
0: knew I knew that. I was going to ask a question about that, too. Which looks All good.
1: Right. Looks good. It's got that Edgar Ramirez or whatever. He plays yeah. Versace. The guy from Glee is, uh, yeah, whatever. Okay. Who cares? Glee sucked. <laughs> it had
0: its moments. Never for me. All right. Amazon is producing its own Black Mirror-style anthology based on the work of Philip K. Dick. It will be called this.
1: (laughs) Amazon, huh?
0: Yeah. I'm kind of excited about it. Although there's a big saturation of these anthology, like,
1: sci-fi things right now. Um. I mean, I'm just guessing at this point, because I didn't even know this was a thing. I don't know. Oh. Uh, Well, it's a Philip K. Dick... And so it's electric dreams. Does he have a book called Electric Dreams? Uh, where where it, does that? So gets? Philip
0: K. Dick is uh, like, is it do androids dream of electric sheep? You're the you're the Philip K. Dick guy, man. No, dude. he didn't write that. I can't remember who wrote it. But oh wait, did he write it? I don't know. I can't remember. James is gonna get on my case about it. I'm sorry. Producer Cultural insanity is gonna get on my case about Producer it. James. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, but uh, it's called Electric Dreams. It's Black Mirror style.
1: Go for it. We still have another month before this eight-year show returns from the dreaded mid-season break. Another month, eight years. The dreaded mid-season break. I hate mid-season finales. I mean, if I had to guess at it, it would be Walking Dead. It'd be a good guess.
0: Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that it still had another month. <sighs> It'd be a good Are you guess. Not <laughs> Okay. Two da- three. Dakota Fanning will play the first hire of the NYPD in eighteen ninety six in this TNT crime
1: show called Man, this is not my specialty category, let me tell you. It really isn't. Like I, I love T V shows, but I'm not plugged in on Whenever
0: like we pick whenever we pick the topics, Adam, you're the one who gets to decide them. So it's true.
1: I approved of <laughs> new T V. Okay. Dakota Fanning, first hire of NYPD in eighteen
0: ninety six.
1: What's it called? It's got, it looks pretty good, too. Um, I don't know. I'm mean, going to just be guessing a title. I mean, law is in the name. <laughs> <laughs> it has a weird title. It's called The Alienist. Weird. That's what I said. Weird title. That is a weird title. Yep. All right. 0 for 3. Okay. I could still win by getting – or we could draw at best. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Number four. Ah, this is a good one. Heidi, hopefully, is still watching. If you're going to England, stay clear of Birmingham because you'll likely run into these guys. I'll say it again. If you're going to England, stay clear of Birmingham because you'll likely run into these guys. The? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. It's some
0: royal family. I don't know. I don't know which one. The,
1: uh,
0: who are uh, the Windsors? <laughs> the Windsors. <laughs> I don't even know what. What's the Windsors? I, isn't that a? Isn't
1: that a? a, a what's what the name of? The Peaky Blinders. Oh Okay, you got that. Heidi, I love that show too. The Peaky
0: Blinders. Okay. Patton Oswald plays against Glenn Howerton without his Dennis plan in this new series about teachers. I'm excited about this one. Go for it. It's called AP Bio. So what's the show about again? It's about teachers. Teachers? It's, well, specifically, <clears throat> it's, it's Glenn Howerton who plays Dennis. It's comedy, on, obviously. Yeah. Glenn Howerton who plays Dennis on It's Always Sunny. Um, and he plays like a college professor, which one's Dennis, the really, really, I don't know, the bigger
1: one, like the one that gains a lot of weight. No, 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 no.
0: The, the, uh, D's brother. Okay. The brother. Yeah. Gotcha. The really creepy one. Yeah. Um, he plays like a teacher at Harvard who somehow ends up having to teach in like a community college or something. Kind of like community rough break but with Patton Oswald as the principal. Which, what network? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's an NBC show.
1: Hmm. I don't know, though. Interesting. Uh, all right. Last question. This fascinating documentary, narrated by Richard Attenborough, uh, captures... Uh, wow, I worded that bad. This is a fascinating documentary Richard, by, narrated by Richard Attenborough that captures life, and it became available on Netflix last month. Uh, Richard Attenborough is still alive? <laughs> yeah, and a great <laughs> voice, let me say. A great voice. Yeah. He really builds the suspense in this documentary. I thought he
0: was killed in Jurassic Park.
1: No, that's da- David Attenborough. Isn't that Richard Attenborough? N- no. I, it's not? I, I recently looked it up. Isn't that David Attenborough? I thought that's Richard Attenborough. No. All right. But anyway. yes, Jurassic Park, I did die. Okay. Okay. Well, good then. <laughs> <laughs> so unless this documentary was like, whatever, and then just... Uh, but it's new as far
0: as I know. I'm, um, uh, I'm going to go with Planet Earth
1: 2. Yes? I'm nodding my head, but you can't hear that on a mic. <laughs> I've been watching Planet Earth 2 with my son... And I think I'm far more fascinated with it than he is. <laughs> so much so that I watched an episode without him. Felt guilty about it.
0: <laughs> How is he ever going to that anything? One. I
1: pulled that one. When he was sleeping, I
0: watched an episode without him. It's messed up. Jacob decided to guess. Jacob Browning, you are wrong. It's not Planet Earth. It's Planet Earth 2. two. You lose. Anyway, uh, okay, so my last Final
1: question. He's already won.
0: I one again. My last question is this. Spike will change to the Paramount Network this year with a six-part miniseries. I was hoping
1: this was going to be a true or false.
0: <laughs> six-part <laughs> miniseries. Set around a true-life cult leader in this Texas town.
1: Waco. <laughs> Hot damn. I'm on the board. Wait, so Spike? Spike's doing what? Spike is out. It's now the Paramount Network. Who?
0: I don't know what that means for things like Bar Rescue and... Oh, Bar Rescue. Other
1: we should watch an episode of Bar Rescue today. It's been a long time.
0: I know, but we don't have YouTube. All we have is YouTube. So is it still the
1: same team. channel, like 57?
0: I don't know. I don't Paramount know. Paramount Network. But now huh? it's going to
1: be the Paramount Network. All right, so Josh wins. We need to figure out a better way of... Uh, it's your show, man. All right, I will figure out a better way of how to reward the winner. Okay. But you should know that shame is heaped upon my head <laughs> from my side. Of of people, they're rooting for you. <laughs> no, or, or maybe I don't. I don't think so. They're just disappointed in me. <laughs> they're just, not even rooting the, for you. They're yeah, just, it's it's just disappointment. And It's left there.
0: <laughs> whenever you come in the room, it's Adam who shames us. Yeah, they just
1: shake. They shake their head at me, and <laughs> I know exactly why. <laughs> uh, no. All right. So, oh man, my laptop's gonna die. We should wrap this up. Uh, we got one final thing, and I know you haven't seen it, but <clears throat> like I said. Shape of Water, I saw it on Monday, and the only way I know how to articulate it, and it's not great, but I know you have thoughts on it despite not seeing it. I have not seen it. So, to me, it felt off, is how I'll say it. I don't know how to articulate why, but it felt like I was being told something that... um, being told that something that is seen as forbidden is now like is okay and is beautiful, and this like weird inverted thing, like I don't know, like it. We were told that this is forbidden, you know, and then now there's this woman that comes and like falls in love, and now it's this beautiful thing, and it's it's really weird because it's like a fish guy. He's like a creature. He's, He's not like even
0: straight up from the black. Laboon. Yeah, straight
1: up. I even think that uh, maybe. What's his face Guillermo Guillermo del toro del toro like admits to being like whatever heavily influenced and being okay with that, but um yeah it and it felt like this like inverted truth was being pushed my way, and I didn't really know how to articulate it, but what I do know is that when the movie ended, it felt uncomfortable and it Ended with people in the theater I was going to, which admittedly is a pretentious theater. It's the Hollywood Theater here in Portland, mm-hmm. and a specific crowd goes there. You know, I went there because they accept movie pass. <laughs> Shameless <laughs> plug. But everyone clapped in this movie, in a, in a movie you wouldn't really expect that. But like I said, pretentious crowd. Uh, and then as I was walking out, like I heard a woman say that was like that was so beautiful. But like that's not how I felt. Like I felt uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and I couldn't really pinpoint why other than just like knowing that like the relationship was seemed wrong and obviously it's like in cross species relationship and it just felt awkward and like kind of gross you know Mm -hmm. but i don't know you had some thoughts without seeing it like what that movie would present oh yeah i mean i knew right off
0: you know right out, you pegged it
1: before it even
0: i you know there are certain movies that you at least in my experience and you know, for those who don't know, I've watched just so much media, and I spent the better part of 20 years working in a movie theater watching media, mm-hmm. uh, every movie that came out every week, sometimes multiple times. And so I have a lot of experience with, <clears throat> with that and engaging that, and um, there are just some movies where you know exactly what is trying to yeah. be said. And my parents taught me from a very young age that that, red flag those yeah that you're supposed to be critical of what's being said that you're supposed to to always be looking for the agenda that's being present and so I have you know I don't watch media that way
1: and sometimes they're clever and sometimes they're so overt right you know like sometimes you have to like I see what they're doing there. And I see it. I see that. <laughs> right. Well, it's like Maleficent is is the yeah. is that
0: one yeah. where it's like I knew immediately what was going to be said. Mm-hmm. But yeah, here in this case, yeah, it was really obvious. And it was really obvious that what was being purported was a love story that was a forbidden love. That it was – and for me on a spiritual level, I take that even further because – so – we've been going through a redefinition of terms uh, of categories really in regard to love for a long time you know and it started a long time ago with um with between genders and redefining what that is and it's and also in the redefining of what life is for instance um with abortion mm. but um, now we 're not even talking about those things. Those things are sort of forgotten in the discussion it 's like we already we 've already confirmed as a society that you know, little baby fetuses at a certain age aren't alive. We've already confirmed as a society that there's no real definition to sexuality, that it's fluid, Mm -hmm. um, and gender that's fluid Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So now what we're looking at is the continual breaking down of walls into species. Yeah. So now there's no real definition of what is appropriate between species. And we say, okay, well that's ridiculous. And, and you know, um, a lot of people they they take it to an extreme at this point, and they're like, "Oh well, if you can if you can love another man, then then you can love your animal too." Well, I mean that's really what's happening here, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah, you're looking at you're looking at the love of a species. Now, here's where this becomes difficult for me as a Christian. Um, it, it, believe it or not, it's not so much in the morality of it. I take. That, I, I take those things for granted. They're presuppositional to me. So to me, I, I don't have to sit there saying you can't do this or you can't do that. Because I, I get what mm-hmm. the scripture says is normative. But with that said, the scripture also talks about a time in the history of man where man would interact with a species that was foreign to its, um, to its normal reality. So we're talking about a sentient species that was um, sexually active with man. It's talked about in Genesis, and Nephilim. and the 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 interaction, the sexual interaction between the, the these creatures and man, created a whole other line of hybrid creatures that we call Nephilim. Now, why that's interesting is because those Nephilim were said to be. The, um, like the giants and the mythologies of old. So when we look back, we look at certain um, sort of cross-cultural mythologies, like vampires. You ever wonder why it is that vampires are present in pretty much every culture? Hmm. Maybe because they were present in the original cultures through the Nephilim. Why is it that you have these demigods, like Greek gods and things like that? In every culture, you've got these sort of trickster gods and so on and so forth. Why? Maybe because they were present in the beginning of every culture. I don't know. It's an interesting conversation, but here's where it becomes pertinent. What Christ says is, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the end of days. Mm. And that's interesting because right up to Noah is where we see these creatures taking place, where women are having sex with these otherworldly creatures, right? So,
1: it's specifically women.
0: Well, what it says is that the, the daughters of, um, man were taken by the, Mm. by the, um, sons of, sons of angels or sons of heaven. Mm. I can't remember the specific wording, but it's something to that effect. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that there were men too, but, but men don't produce children. Mm. So and that's what we're really talking about is the offspring of of them so that's why that's a, uh, an interesting thing. So to me what I see is the prep for the the prep for humans to stop thinking of themselves as a special species altogether and thinking of themselves as being able to to connect on a sexual
1: level with any sentient species what's really was really disturbing now i'm just recalling the movie but like at the end and i gave you your alarm so uh at the end like she's like releasing him freeing him mm-hmm. and then and you know she's like shot in the process and so she's like dying mm-hmm. and so she falls into the water and then like he like takes her and like creates her into him basically like Gives her gills or whatever, so, like, takes her away. And it's just, like, really, like, what the F did I just watch? It wasn't quite Splice level of weird. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) If you haven't seen Splice, don't.
0: (laughs) Don't? (laughs) Here's a spoiler. Don't see it. So if you haven't seen Splice, here's what happens in Splice. They make, is it out of a how do they make it i can't remember but they make some sort of alien creature yeah. creature or something the guy falls in love with the creature which presents as a female right mm-hmm. so then he like ruins his career and ruins his relationship Marriage, yeah. to be with with his, his created with his creation daughter if you will yeah with his daughter and then she like rapes him and kills him kills him and then his ex-wife or his or the wife that broke
1: up with him she ends up it, 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 swi- it switches... Switches genders switches to a genders, male.
0: turns into a man, rapes, and then rapes her.
1: I think kills her. And then kills her. And then I don't know how it ends, but that's basically how it ends.
0: Yeah, it was seriously one of the most... Stir- Talk about a movie where you like, what did I just watch? Yeah, it
1: kind of made you feel sick to your stomach. And that's
0: all... You wouldn't have <clears throat> known that it was going that way. No. That all happened in the last, like, ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, and you're it, just like, what?
1: It took a turn for
0: the... the Please, no! No! <laughs> no! No! But, but, you know, but hey, that Adrian Brody, he can act.
1: He can act. He was yeah. in Peaky Blinders. He's great. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was a. It was. A, it felt off for sure for, like, us, you know? Like, yeah. you have that understanding. And that's yeah, interesting. I think we're going to see. Relation to the, like, Nephilim and stuff. I think Instead we're going to see more
0: that. and more things like that that are, are asking us to look past. Um, our sincere understanding, our presuppositional
1: understandings. Well, and like you said, it's just a natural outworking of yeah. everything else. Why not? Right. Why can't you have sex with a fish and l- love a fish? Why can't you be a white male but identify as a Filipino woman?
0: Yeah. You know? Like, right. It's absurd. Right. Well, and, and anybody who thinks that maybe, you know, I am being over the top or we are being over the top and absurd, I just want you to go back 20 years ago and look at the issue of gender and sexual fluidity in media and take a peek, you know, take sit there and make yourself a timeline and look at how saturated it is. I mean, we have whole organizations whose entire job now is to make sure that that characters that defy um, cisgender identification are are um, are not or are, 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 have a place in media. You know? I was just watching Fresh Off the Boat the other day, and one of the characters who at no point in the show had expressed any sort of um, breaking from her cisgender identity is now all of a sudden a lesbian. <laughs> and all of a sudden Eddie, who's the this, main kid. who's arguably the main character, has become somewhat of a beard, I think is the right is the right terminology. A beard. Yeah, I think that's the right terminology. Meaning I may be what, wrong. Meaning what? Okay, now I'm scared to define it. But um, he's he's basically her her like go to guy friend that makes her look a certain way.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. But yeah, so this chick she she was like the love interest of Eddie. All of a sudden, she's gay. Guess that's a thing now, right? That's how it's like happened. He
0: he was she was the unrequited love, and now he's just supporting of it. Uh beard is a slang term describing a person who is used knowingly or unknowingly as a date, romantic partner, boyfriend, or girlfriend, or spouse, either to conceal infidelity or to conceal one's sexual orientation. Weird.
1: I've never heard of that term. Yeah, a beard. So like a cover up. Right? Yeah, That's yeah, the, right. And
0: I mean, <clears throat> it's like, how did that character get inserted into that show? Because because there was wasn't... no
1: precedent like for that to happen no. whatsoever. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah. To his credit, I mean, he's trying to hook her up, and they're having conversations about, you know, Spice Girls and and so on and so forth about who's
1: the you know who's
0: the most attractive Spice Girl. Because first the scary off, the Spice. boat
1: takes place in the nineties, right? Right. Yeah. Spice right. Girls. He's all about Wu Tang, and
0: but the point the point being is, there's been an evolution in media itself, and now you look at the culture, and you see that the culture, uh, at least the popular culture. Reflects that evolution this is not a new concept that art affects life yeah so when we start making art that says that love between species affects and reflects is okay well what do you think is going to happen over time I fear that day
1: man we're not talking I don't
0: about, want to experience that we're not talking um
1: a niche indie movie we're talking we're talking about the Oscar front runner on all fronts exactly <laughs> Yeah, because it is. It's like the Oscar front runner, best picture, best director, best actress, best supporting. Blah 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 blah. For the record, I will say this about it: I really liked the music, and I really like fifties time frame. I think it's really interesting, and that's mm-hmm. what it took place in. Mm-hmm. And I liked the performances. Like again, like we were talking about, like I can I can like all that, but I can also not like that. I would never call that movie good. If someone were asking, was it good? Uh no. It was uncomfortable. It was awkward. It, it was wrong. Te- it was. Technically good. Yes, technically good. That's a good way of putting it. So with that, let's wrap this up. <clears throat> do you have any final thoughts here before we close up? As I said earlier, I didn't say this earlier this time. I normally do. But if you're interested in today's topics or staying relevant, you can check out our social media platforms, um, cultureinsanity.wordpress.com, at cultureinsanity on Facebook and Twitter. If you have something that you're personally interested in and want to hear discussed, reach out to us. If you're interested in exploring your faith or are completely new to it, um, you can check out the Help tab on Vigilance blog. And also, we got a plug later on this month. Just in weeks, a week, it's like one uh, week tomorrow. One week tomorrow. Yeah, one week tomorrow. One week tomorrow. 28th. We have our first cross examination panel here at yeah. Aletheia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be Josh and two other pastors from different churches. Pastor James and, and Pastor David. And basically, if you have this month's topic is on the Trinity, so if you have any questions in regards to the Trinity, anything you want to know, any clarifications, anything whatsoever, we're going to be hosting a panel here at Aletheia for that, and it should be really interesting, and we're excited because there seems to be a relatively big amount of participation, yeah. Um, and yeah, should be exciting, and it's for the layman, basically. You don't have to be a theologian. Um, it's not going to be super wordy and heavy and right. yada yada. Like It's for... Basic understanding for the normal person that is curious about these different topics. So look forward to that in a week from tomorrow at 7. At 7. It will be on Facebook Live. There's a Facebook page for so, it. You so you can, can attend without attending. Obviously, we want to see you, but yeah, you can check it out. Right. I think the Facebook
0: is uh, you know facebook.com slash cross ABF. You can even hashtag questions to us for it at hashtag cross X. Um, but Yeah we just we want to have that discussion with Christians
1: um, make make your faith more meaningful in your life so yep. so this this month is the trinity again i think next month is the holy spirit then the month
0: after that is the dual nature of yeah, christ yeah i think
1: the flyers on the on the facebook page so you can check it out if there's a specific month you are inter- interested in yeah we'll post another. a flyer of it to our culture Insanity page too. there you go so without that, that's with all that said episode number 8 Wrapped up. See you next time. The views
0: presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network.